three. I think come in on a two. One, two, three, four. Or you, okay, one, you you two. do the countdown. Yeah, you do the countdown. Okay. Okay. <laughs> one, two, three. Chad and Liv are watching films. Chad and Liv are watching films. Hey everyone, I'm Liv. And I'm Chad. And welcome to Watchlist. Friendly neighborhood reviews from two different neighborhoods. So Watchlist is a podcast Chad and I are starting and it's basically just us talking about movies. Two buds talking about movies really... uh we have no expertise, you know, we're just two people sitting on couches watching movies and we're just going to be chatting about our favorite films, chatting about some new films, uh, making recommendations for each other, yeah. So today we're talking about Nomadland, which recently came out on Hulu, February 19th, I believe. So Chad, first thoughts. So here's my, here's my first thought right out of the gate. Um, I believe that Chloe Zhao needs to win Best Director for this film. That's just that's just how I feel. If people feel differently about other movies, there's a lot of really great um, movies this Oscar season. But I think I think overall, Chloe needs to get this win. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think. I mean. I think this the cinematography in this movie was incredible. The set design, everything came together so well. Um, and I think there's just, there's a realness to it that you can really feel in every part of the movie. And I think, I mean, part of that is probably because I think a lot of it, you know, they filmed on location and everything. So obviously it's in real places. Like it doesn't feel like a movie set. But um, I think, you know, even the characters, the the houses they went into, the van, like all of that stuff just it just felt like something real that was happening. It almost felt like you were watching a documentary of real people's lives. And I think that I think that part of that cinema, cinematography, obviously acting too, but I think I think the directing plays a huge part in that. And I think out of I mean out of the movies that I've seen this Oscar season, I would say that this one was my favorite and I think was the one that really stood out to me in terms of directing for sure. Yeah, and that that realness part, I related to that too. Um, I heard I heard Chloe talk in an interview about the the theme of nature and why it's so important in the movie and she talked about um, how when she was growing up and as she started her career in filmmaking um, she has never been a religious person. Um, she doesn't really believe in anything like that. But what she has believed in is the, the natural course of things and nature as a whole and how nature um, is where she's found a higher being than where other people find that in religion. And I, I felt like that was super evident throughout the whole movie. I mean, just these long shots of these beautiful landscapes and, and, you know, Fern just getting lost in that nature and just kind of absorbing it all around her. Um, it felt like that was the most important thing to that character. And I, I wonder if part of that is Chloe, you know, kind of feeling herself in that character and, 
um, thinking about how she processes, um, you know, the world that she's in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that theme was super evident throughout the whole, and even like the character arc and the way that you see um, Fern kind of start. I mean, her first of all, her name, Fern. I mean, that's right. nature right there. But I think, you know, you kind of watch her as she realizes that this life that she's living is almost like a tribute to her husband. But it's also, and at the end, I think you realize this too, like it's a part of who she is. And that's why she can't stay with her sister. She can't stay with Dave. And she has to keep keep doing this because that's where she feels free. And I think freedom, the, the, the correspondency between freedom and nature is also a huge theme. Like there are so many shots of, Fern like just being out in nature and it's just her like when she's in the badlands and she's walking among all those rocks and then towards the end where she's kind of on a cliff by the seaside and it's and she like opens her arms up and it's just like it's just like pure freedom and it makes you like it made me as a viewer for sure kind of long for that and long to to just like drop everything and leave like that seems like something that'd be so freeing and and it kind of just like feels like something that helps you would help you realize who you are as a person and realize what life is about and I I mean I identify with that for sure did you have a favorite character in this film um I really liked Linda May <laughs> um I don't know she was just so she was she was so um like I mean everyone was so quirky kind of in their own way and I hate to use that word quirky I feel like it's kind of cliche sometimes but I feel like each like nomad I guess that Fern comes across like has this different story this different slightly different personality and I just felt like I just really, I really liked Fern and Linda May's relationship too, like when you saw them together on screen and uh, the things that they talked about were just so, the conversations they had were just, it's like, yeah, like that's something a real person would say. Um, and it doesn't feel like movie talk. Uh, right. It doesn't feel like it's a script that's written for this, you know, like thing you're supposed to be watching in theaters. It's like, it felt like you were actually there and it felt like, like, it felt like Linda May could be, like, my quirky aunt or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, I really liked Linda May. I really liked Swanky. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, I feel like we all have someone like that in our lives. Like, a friend who is, you know, sometimes a little blunt and sometimes mm -hmm. a little honest, but, like, ultimately they're there for you no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, yeah, I could really relate with that character. Um, I... Okay, so David Strat, David Strathairn, who played Dave, um, the whole movie, I did not realize it was it was him. I it took me until after when I looked it up to be <laughs> like, no way, really, um, because he's in. I mean, he's in so many movies. Um, to me, to me, I identify like when I see him, I think of. Jason Bourne like that's that's what I think of like right away he's like that I don't I forget if he's like the CIA director or yeah yeah I think he's he's some director some person 
of power. And then you see him in this movie as this, like, rickety little man, kind of. I was stunned. I was stunned. But I, but I really liked Dave's character, too. Um, because, you know, they didn't try and force this relationship with him and Fern. Um, you know, they had both experienced a lot of pain, and I think... In movies, it's really easy to be like, well, let's just put those two people together because why wouldn't we? But I loved that it was more of like a beautiful friendship than anything um, because that's like what the whole movie felt like about it. Felt like, it felt like the most important thing was the relationships that you make with people along the way, along, along your life, along the path that you take. Um, and... Who knows? You might run into them again, and you know you'll always have that relationship that you had with them in the beginning. And um, I just thought that was—I thought that was really beautiful. And I'm—I'm I'm glad that all the characters just seemed like friends to Fern more more than anything. Um, you know, nobody was too dramatic. You know, I feel like sometimes you all, you also have to whether it's a love interest or you need some character to stir up some kind of crazy drama. And that, that didn't happen. That was all, um, that was all manufactured by just like the harsh realities of being a nomad. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, that's a long tangent to say that I really liked Swanky, but I loved Dave too. I loved what they both offered. Yeah. I really like that, that comment that, the whole film kind of felt like it's it's like the friendships you make along the way and that that phrase at the end that like see you down the road kind of mentality and I think it as a whole too this movie I thought it was so interesting because I feel like nomad culture is isn't really something that I knew a ton about before watching this movie and I feel like it's not something that a lot of people really know about and I think it's something we kind of have our preconceived notions about too um, like, I feel like we might equate it to, like, oh, these people are, you know, misfortuned and struggling and this is, and they don't have homes and this is why they're living in their cars and everything. And and then you also kind of equate them almost with, like, okay, this is like a loner or something. But then this movie kind of, I mean, both introducing you to kind of what the nomad community is like, but then also kind of reversing that preconceived notion of, oh, like, this person is struggling, they're alone, and it more showed the connections that you make and the friendships that you make, and, you know, Fern never really was alone because she always had people at the next stop. She always had people that she was going to, that she either knew from before or that she was going to build a new connection with. So it's kind of like wherever you go is kind of, is your home, and that I think that's a really beautiful on top of being a really beautiful theme, I think it's also a really um, interesting thing for like someone like me who didn't really know anything about that to, to watch because it totally changed my perspective of that type of person, I think. I agree. And I feel like, you know, living in the Midwest, I feel like we don't, we don't see that a lot. Um, you know, like nobody's nobody's uh you know posting up in in the middle of iowa just because you know 
why not? You know, like obviously there's some more desired locations to spend your time in, like right. the Badlands or like, you know, deep in the, I don't know, Arizona, you know, like just these, these places that are a lot, a lot more suitable for adventure mm-hmm. than like Iowa and Missouri and Oklahoma, you know, so. Right. Like no one's um, coming to Minnesota in the dead of the winter just for kicks. <laughs> that would have been an interesting element to the movie if. Nomadland if plus Fargo equals. <laughs> yeah, she, you know, going right back to her roots. Um, I think we should talk about Frances. Um, what did you think overall about her performance? Yeah, I thought, I mean, I haven't. I'll admit I haven't seen Fargo, so I haven't seen her performance in that. I have seen Three Billboards, though, um, and I and that that's probably like the perform her performance that sticks in my mind the most when I think about her. And I really enjoyed how different it was in this movie, and I I I, th- I thought she was incredible, obviously, but um, comparing it to Three Billboards, like her performance in Three Billboards was so in your face it was gritty it was emotional it was very kind of like typically what you would see from like an oscar nominated performance or like i mean she won the oscar for that um so it's kind of very in your face compared to this movie where i thought it was almost like a really quiet performance like it was very subtle but like if you looked into the details of the performance, I feel like you got so much more out of it. Like it, it on the surface level almost, it didn't feel like something that was like outwardly, oh, this is such a good performance. But then like by the end of the movie, you're like, holy crap, she's so good. And it's just those little things along the way. I don't know, what did you think? Well, I think going back to your point about how there wasn't a lot of movie talk in this movie. Um, I feel like a lot of times it's easy to, you know, take those small clips from your Oscar nominated movies and pick that Oscar nominated actor or actress and just find those select quotes that really, really stick with you. And those are, those are big movie quotes. Those are Oscar award winning performance quotes, you know, and like that, this movie doesn't really have that because it doesn't really need that. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought what was unique about her performance was I feel like there were no reins or anything kind of, you know, holding her back. It was just kind of, yeah, you take it, take it where it's going and we'll just see what happens. Um, I thought it was just so utterly convincing that that is the kind of life that she was living. I, we saw all different kinds of emotions with her. We saw her at her highest high, her lowest low, um, you know, we saw her really thinking about the decisions she was making and whether they were worth it or not. Um, we saw the the pain of not having her husband. I mean, she crossed all, she checked all the boxes, mm-hmm. crossed all her T's, you know. Um, I am just, I am continue, continuously sh- not, not shocked by how good Frances McDormand is, but I think she's one of the most consistent leading actors or actresses in Hollywood that people don't talk about enough. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think she really has any duds in her lifetime. Like, I really don't. Um, I even I watched Almost Famous the other week. She just plays 
a mom. She doesn't have too many. Like she, she's not a huge pivotal player in that movie, but you know she's amazing. I think she's right. amazing at everything she does. Um, and this was a really cool um, opportunity for her to show, you know, what she can do without movie speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought she nailed it. I, I really thought she. I, I was just so convinced that what I was watching was like a real story, you know, um, more than anything. Yeah. I like the, I like the term utterly convincing. I think that's so perfect. I, I was talking to our friend Rachel, um, last night when we watched the movie and we were comparing, or we were talking about other performances that we could think of that just seemed so real and that the writing seemed so real and acting seemed so real. And we were talking about marriage story um, where I, I personally think the performances are so great in Marriage Story, and they, they do feel really authentic, but I think there is kind of a little part of me that always saw, like, it was always Adam Driver, it was always Scarlett Johansson, like, even though I knew they were the characters and I still thought they were wonderful, like, you always kind of were like, oh, it's Adam Driver, oh, it's Scarlett Johansson, and, I mean, in this movie, like, I knew it was Frances McDormand, I love Frances McDormand as an actress, but I legit forgot it was her. Like, I like she was Fern. And she's just so... She sinks so deeply into the character. And she's... Everything about it is just... It's so Fern. And it's so... It makes you not notice the fact that it's Frances McDormand. And I think... And I think she... I mean, she's not necessarily, like, blockbuster star level as, like, someone like Scarlett Johansson or Adam Driver. But... She is definitely still someone where I would I regard her on a super high level and, you know, distinguish her from the other actors and everything. And yet she still was able to kind of burst through that wall of me thinking, oh, I'm watching Frances McDormand and instead made me really believe that, yeah, I'm watching a real person. I mean, like when you see that, like that's when you know that it's a really good performance. And like, sure, you can have one scene where you break down in tears or yell or do something really dramatic and stuff but I I don't know I do think that it's like almost the more quiet performances the really character driven performances that resonate more right I mean when I think about those those very quotable Oscar movies I feel like I always associate that with like your latest biopic where Mm -hmm. it's like you know, someone delivers the, the great speech and um, I don't know. I, I, I'm just glad. I think this round of, of Oscar favorites, I haven't seen a lot of that. And I think that's super refreshing um, personally. I Because I, I like movies just like I like TV shows that feel like they could actually be happening in real life. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just what I've been preferring as of late. So I'm always looking out for it. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but I think I think that, I mean, you, me, I feel like a lot of people we know also are kind of getting this, like, blockbuster fatigue almost. I mean, like, I know I have, like, after, you know, the Avengers, last two event, like, main Avengers movies came out, like, last year and a couple of years ago. I was almost like really done with that kind of 
really movie writing and really like snappy dialogue something that you would only find in a movie kind of thing and i think what's so refreshing about like a, a movie like nomadland is that it feels so real and i mean indie movies in general i think are that way too but i do think that a lot of a lot of the films i've seen this year or this kind of award season cycle have been a lot of those kind of movies where they they're a little more quiet they're not as much in your face and they're they feel a little more real I think in general than than a lot of movies have in the past and I don't know if it's just that blockbuster fatigue that I'm kind of I'm kind of like noticing it more than I did in the past or something but yeah what do you think about that yeah I think there's a lot of truth to that and I think that um I just think people are getting a little tired of those movies. Like, I would have to look this up, but I feel like those big action movies in the past few years have taken a little bit of a decline. Like, I don't think we're seeing the... I think Avengers was the last time we really saw, like, that major blockbuster um, action movie that's getting people really excited, you know? Um, Like, I think of 1917 last year, where there was so little dialogue um you know and nothing felt cheesy in that movie really Mm -hmm. um and i was like yeah i prefer this kind of war movie where it isn't like i'll save you um like you know i'm i'm kind of done with those movies um i hate to say it but i i just i'm not a cheesy lions fan I, i really am not like there are ways to get your point across um, or get an idea shown that doesn't that doesn't require that kind of script. So um, I think a movie like Nomadland is super refreshing in that aspect. Um, did you have a favorite part of this movie, Liv? <laughs> I think there were. I uh, this is kind of cheating, but I think that you mentioned this before. But all of those kind of sweeping landscape sequences or or the sequences where you see her driving in her van on the road and there's that amazing I also loved the score of this movie that that piano and it was just piano really I mean almost just piano and it but it it was so effective and all of those kind of sweeping landscape shots overlaid with the piano um the sunsets the coast just I think and I'm really a sucker. I'm a sucker for good cinematography. I'm a sucker for landscape shots in general. But I think especially the way that it evoked the theme of the movie. And it wasn't just, like, pretty for the sake of pretty. Like, it had it had a point. And it wasn't just like, oh, look at how beautiful we can make the movie. It was, it was like, look at, like, this is pure freedom. And I, I just, I loved, I loved those parts. I think... <laughs> Sorry, I'm going on way too long about favorite parts of the movie, but um, also it's like also the part in kind of towards the beginning when Fern goes to the um, that kind of nomad camp for the first time, and there's a scene of all these people sitting around a fire, and I think it's three or four people kind of share their stories of how they got into nomad culture, how they became nomads, and just and I know we keep saying about how real and authentic this movie felt but those parts especially felt it felt like you were watching a real person and I mean 
I don't actually know this. Maybe they were real people, but um, I think that their stories, it not only like helped you better understand why people choose that lifestyle, but it also like really made you identify with people who chose who choose that lifestyle. And then also like helped you understand Fern's journey throughout the film. And I just thought that was super cool. Who Who is that? Who's the main guy at the kind of nomad reservation? What was Bob, his name again? The, the leader, Bob. Bob, yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite part um, was when she came back kind of towards the end of the movie and Bob, who is like, you know, he's got all the confidence in the world. Like he knows his stuff and he, like he's, he, he loves being a nomad and he loves helping people on their journey to be nomads and to live it that way. He broke down about his son taking his own life. I, in that moment, I, first of all, I was like, I need to call my dad like right now. Um, but it was so, it was, it was beautiful because I don't think that it wasn't like there was a big buildup to that part. Um, you know, it kind of just, fell really nicely in there um and you know we had seen fern go on this like whole journey before she gets to that point um and i think you just you kind of saw it in her that that you know her journey of meeting all these people and becoming interconnected in their lives was so important to her and i feel like it was really shown right there when they had that moment i thought that was really sweet and then um the moment where she was at uh dave's house um and she was just like trying to hold the baby um kind of like dave please help me like i i don't want to do this um i loved that right after that essentially or like soon after she just she just left we didn't get any kind of, you know, huge conversation of I'm leaving and this is why I hope you can understand why I'm leaving and Dave going, no, please don't leave. I love that. We didn't, we didn't have to hear that at all. It was kind of unspoken in a way that the whole movie was kind of actions were unspoken the entire time. Um, there was not necessarily, you know, a huge discussion of why things happen. They just happened that way. Um, so those those two parts really stood out to me. Yeah. I think that unspoken thing, I think that, I think it did, it was very present throughout the whole movie, but I think it also is so ingrained in Fern's character because, you know, even all the conversations when, like when they're at um, Waldrug and Dave asks if she wants to, like, come with him to to see his family, and she's kind of just like, maybe I'll come visit. And then she just walks out the door. Like, so it's so, it's it's very part of her character that she's not one for like prolonged goodbyes and she kind of just like moves from one thing to the next. And, um, and I think that the fact that every scene almost follows that trajectory is really telling and is just a very cool small detail of the film. And I also really liked um, the part where she's holding the baby, and I really liked, um, I feel like 
in that moment, like, after the baby falls asleep and she's just kind of sitting there with the baby and she doesn't really know how to hold it, hold it. And, um, there's, like, this moment, and there's so many moments like this in the movie, too. There's, like, this moment of stillness, too, where you're, like, it's just, it's pretty brief, but it's just, like, she's just sitting there and she's just so still. And then there's also, there's also, like, this moment like, right before she leaves Dave's house, where she, like, walks through the house and she, like, stands at the dining table for, like, just a moment, and then she leaves. And there's, like, this moment of stillness. Yeah, I just thought that was so cool because I also feel like so rarely in movies are there just those, like, little moments. Like, so rarely do movies take the time to have those kind of moments because they're so preoccupied with the story or just moving from one scene to the next scene but and I don't know I mean like you could argue that like not enough happens in this movie or you know there are too many like prolonged scenes where nothing is really happening but I think it really adds to the film and I think it it feels like cleansing almost in a way to like have all of these little moments and I think it's super additive yeah I was gonna ask any any criticisms of the movie? Anything that you would have liked to see that you didn't? Honestly, I can't really think. I can't really think of anything. Um, I felt, I really did truly feel like this movie out of all of the ones I've seen this year was kind of like my wow movie. And I say that as like, like last year it was Parasite and Jojo Rabbit and honestly 1917 too like I just sat in the theater after and I was just like wow and even Joker which I you know subjectively didn't really like that much but objectively thought it was amazing um and like after seeing those movies I just kind of like sat there and I was like wow and that's how I felt after seeing this movie I just kind of felt like, really deeply affected by it, kind of for, like, an inexplicable reason. I just felt like it was, I felt weirdly emotional, and I feel like whenever that happens, I always know that it's a good movie. I mean, I can't really think of anything. I think the movie owned, I think the movie owned its own kind of um, vibe. Like, you know, you could argue that it was too slow moving or whatever, but I think it, it was so intentionally that way that I think it, it worked, you know? What about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think for for myself, I didn't have any criticisms of the movie. Um, I think, if anything, and this is a small thing, but I do think for some on their first viewing, um, it could depend entirely on the mood that they're in. Um, because I don't think it's a, I don't think it's one of those movies where it doesn't matter what's going on when you view it, you're like, yeah, wow. I think, I think it could, you know, mood could really affect you when watching this movie because it's, it's a very, like you said, it's a very, it's, it knows itself. It stays true itself the entire time. The mood doesn't shift too much it it shifts in little pockets but overall um it kind of has this one feel to it um i could see that not working for everyone i could see that not working for everyone um 
I really hope it would work for everyone, though, because I think it's something that everyone should see at least once. Um, but I think that would be my only criticism of it. And then because it is slow moving, that could really affect um, your watching, too. Don't do too much research about this movie. Just know that it has Franny McDee and um, she delivers a great performance. Um, and I think that's all you really need to know going into it because like you said, I don't know much about, you know, nomads and what that life is like. I think if I did, maybe I would have a different perspective on this movie, but I prefer the viewing experience where I don't know any of that going into it. And I can just be in the movie, be in the moment and absorb it all at once. Yeah, I think it definitely, and I mean, with, I mean, you could almost say that about any movie that it, you know, it depends what you're feeling in the moment. It depends the kind of movie that you vibe with. I think both of us, you know, we're pretty similar people. I think this, I, I would have expected us to have like a similar take on this movie, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that goes without saying for any movie that, a, it depends what your mood is the day you watch it. It depends what kind of movie you're in the mood for. I mean, this is definitely not... This isn't... Not that it's an unhappy movie, but it's not like a necessarily like a feel-good movie. It almost feels like a, a reflective and introspective kind of movie. And <laughs> me being somewhat a very introspective person, I think that, you know, I'm kind of always in the mood for that kind of movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing going in without any kind of preconceived notions is really important too, because it definitely does surprise you too. Like I, I, from the beginning, I thought it was going to be like a, maybe like a sob story or something about like people struggling and everything, but then it ended up being this beautiful story about freedom and connection and finding out who you are and like that beautiful line at the end where she says, I think I've been remembering my whole life. In that moment, I was like, oh my gosh. And it just triggered all these like emotions and thoughts about myself and my future. And, um, and I feel like that is super powerful. But again, is something that I feel like you, you wouldn't get unless you went in without expectations or with an open mind. Um, I think we should... I think we should end it with a with a ranking. I don't know what kind of ranking system that you you want to have. But... We think in stars. We think in scale of one to Disneyland. No, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> scale of one to ten. I I like I like small decimals. Right. I kind of enjoy that. Right. But I but I think instead of numbers, maybe like maybe our favorite thing at the movies popcorn maybe like maybe that would be cute like is this a saint anthony main <laughs> i don't know i feel like few movies would be on that cal that caliber of popcorn but we could just do one th zero we could time. be lame and do stars we could we could um what's the movie app that i'm totally forgetting the name of uh letterbox letterbox we could just follow in the footsteps of letterbox this is just a letterbox promo podcast. Basically. Yeah, we're promoting sneaky letterbox, promo. So yeah, it is very fun. I get I get trapped in there sometimes. 
Letterboxd, I, I do really think that it's a feature of social media. I think that, I think everyone should be on Letterboxd. I think it's so fun. Like, why wouldn't you want to be on a type of social media that is specific to one thing that you like? Right. Like, what if Spotify was really more of a social media than just we listen to music? Like, it wants, it's, it's going that direction. But imagine if there was like a letterboxed Spotify. Oh, and you could like see what people were watching like yes. in the real time. Oh my yeah. gosh. That would, yeah. How cool would that be? I think, um, and I actually gave this film this rating on Letterboxd last night. Um, I would give it, I would give it four and a half out of five. Um, I think it's not, it wasn't quite like five in my, in my perspective is like Parasite. And Parasite blew me away. Like, it, you know, I didn't, like, walk out of the living room after I saw Nomadland. Um, right. But it was, you know, a really powerful movie still. So I'd give it the four and a half. I think, um, so I rated it a four initially. Because I, I thought it was an excellent movie. But I'm, I'm kind of stuck because I don't know if I want to give it a 4.5. But I don't know if I want to give it a four. So it's not very fair of me to say this, but I would love to give it a 4.25. Cheating the system! It's, I'm cheating the system. But, hey, this is a unique movie, you know? It deserves um, its own ranking. I want, to give it, I want to give it the credit I think it deserves. So, unfairly or fairly, 4.25. This is our own podcast. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, we can so. We make the rules. We make the rules. So. This is street podcasting. <laughs> what should we watch next time? I'm trying to think of what I'll watch next. Is there anything on your watch list? What are you looking out for? Oh my god. Too many things. Oh, I do want to see... Um, I really wanted to see another round. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Scandinavian one. Yeah, I really want to see that. Um, it looks... I've heard really good things. So, mm-hmm. um, and Mads that's with, uh, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who I, I love him. I love him so much. <laughs> yeah. Let's do another round. Okay. One and only Mads Mikkelsen. We will do another round of this show after we finish another round. <laughs> I just like putting my, I just like putting my face so close to the mic. Give us some ASMR. Give us some yeah. ASMR to close out the episode. joining us here on Watchlist. This is uh this is what you could expect from every episode. So stay tuned for episode number 2 coming soon. Thanks for joining us.